Here I am. So uh, this is something that you don't know. That Fla- I'm here with Flavia Tata Nardini. Yep. And you're actually our first female guest. Yoo-hoo. And I know you are super passionate about that because um, the times I've heard you talk and there's some amazing things that you do with schools um, where you, you actually speak to the students, which is so cool. So That's I'm, right. I really applaud that. But I guess there's a lot of people that might be thinking, you know, who is this person? Or there might not be. I mean, most people in Adelaide have seen you around the traps. But do you want to give us a bit of a brief history as from once you were, I oh, like back a, like not that long ago when you were born in Rome. Yeah. In Roma. Roma. Yeah. And then you somehow made it here to Adelaide. Um, do you want to give us a brief history? And we're going to hear, talk a bit about space bit about maybe rockets and satellites or nano satellites which is something that you're obviously passionate about here <laughs> but for me it is it's what actually watching what you've been doing has been amazing and you actually wanted to do that when you were really young by the looks yep. of it yeah yeah so oh. how how old were you when you actually thought oh I wouldn't mind sending uh, things into space quite young I have to say so uh, yeah I was born in beautiful Rome Roma so Italian family I've got a big family. We have five siblings. I'm number four. And all my family is pretty like engineers. They build stuff. They do a lot of cool stuff. But I was born with the space bug. Yep. Really don't know why. You know, some of them do chemical or biomedical. So it was completely random. You know, <laughs> mom uh, was a teacher. Dad is an architect. But I love space. And I really was the kind of odd child that was like, oh, I want a telescope. I want this. I want that. And I just loved it. And I'm not really sure why. Okay. So I grew up and thinking, I want to do this. I want to do that. I loved space. You know, always made my nose up looking at the sky. And uh, then it got a little bit more complicated. And I became a teenager, <laughs> you know, yep. like all the things. Um, and I think I just want to do something in space. And uh, then I decided to do space engineering. I really, you know, you know, I don't know why I got this space thing. It's a space bug. Because really everything that I've done in my life up to the point that then I started space engineering and aerospace engineering was I wanted to just do stuff in space. So to dumb it down just a little bit, space engineering. Space engineering. Like to, to me, when someone talks about engineering, I'm thinking of mechanical things. I'm thinking of, you know, engines. Space engineering is, is that... The next ro- level. Yeah. <laughs> what I, is I, it? Like, is that like a rocket into space or is that like a terminology for everything? Like, it's obviously not astrology. No, it's not astrology. So I actually was thinking about doing astrology. So when I was in high school, I was like, I want to do space. What, what, what can you do? Astronomy? Can you do like science? Can you do all sort of crazy things? Can you do engineering? So engineering is part of building stuff, right? I actually did um, aerospace engineering, so I studied uh, planes as well as a bachelor, but then I did a space master in uh, space engineering. And what do you study there? You study everything. You study airplanes, you study rockets, you study satellites, you study engines. I loved engines. Je- engines was my thing. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you can blow up stuff. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. And I didn't like airplane uh, engines. I really like rocket engines. So when I did my master, I specialized in rocket engines. So I'm a rocket engineer. Yeah, well, you're a rocket engineer. Uh, So you're you're actually like the rocket woman. I'm a rocket nerdy woman. Yeah. Yeah. So do they say rocket person these days, or can I say rocket woman? No, I think you can say rocket woman. Yeah, yeah. I love engine. I think they're awesome. You know, when you see that big 
boom coming from so so you've i'm a, have you seen any of the shuttles take off uh, i mean I you know, i'm pretty i'm pretty so i'm not from the apollo time yeah, yeah, you know yeah. i'm pretty in my 30s <laughs> but i was looking always at these rockets and i think there was a phase in my life that i wanted to find ufos so i'm like oh, i'm gonna find them you know all the things that kids are obsessed with yeah except that i brought with with me up to 30 years old you know so i never stopped i want to be an astronaut i I really don't see very well. Like, you know, I've got glasses. Like you're actually like, blind? Yeah, I'm actually blind, okay? <laughs> so I never, you know, really my body is not really good for that <laughs> type of thing. So I'm like, okay, let's just build stuff. But space engineering was cool. Okay. It was very cool. And was this, so I'm assuming you studied uh, in Europe? I'm studying in Rome. And then when I graduated, I found this job in north of Europe, in the Netherlands, where they have the European Space Agency. That's kind of NASA in Europe. Yep. And there I was working with engines and stuff and these small satellites, the nano satellites. So you you were specifically you were a micro Propulsion thruster blah blah. Yeah. Test <laughs> engineer. <laughs> Is that, is it's that just for a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my first job was to test very small propulsion system for satellites. Yeah, we had this amazing room in European Space Agency. I was a child, so I thought that's pretty cool. You know, you're 23, like who gets to do this stuff? Uh, you you test all this small propulsion system for satellites in this big room. It was awesome. So there. So did did you pick up blokes with that sort of line? <laughs> Interestingly enough, you know, in all my life, you know, I've heard a sentence always that this is so weird. Like, you know, what do you do? I'm, I'm a space engineer. Yeah. And the first thing is like, you don't look like one. That I still don't know what the hell it what, means. What you do know? you like, like? You know, First of all, how do I have to look like? You know, second of all, it's like, hello. So, yeah, that was always funny. So when, we, when you're talking about micro propulsion, explain to people listening and myself. What does uh, it I'm mean? Assu- I'm assuming like when a satellite or something goes in space, it needs something to move yeah, it around. Yeah, so if you t- think about engines, you think about the big, big rockets that bring, uh, you know, they bring engines that be the rockets out of space, but yep. satellites do need... Um, oh, because micro, micro is not the rocket. Micro set. is more is satellite. So satellites are big, you know, usually as a half of a bus or a big room, yep. and they have big, big propulsion system. I got passionate about small satellites, very small, like as big as a glass of, like a bottle of wine or a shoebox. Yeah. That is super cool. So it's a technology that is, I think it started 20 years ago. And my explanation for this is that, you know, there was that awesome movie. Uh, called Hidden Figures. Do you remember the movie yeah, about the all lady, the women? The yeah, with yeah. the numbers yeah. in the in the basement yeah. that they participate. Okay. In that movie, there is an awesome part in which they buy the first IBM computer, and it's massive. Doesn't fit in the room. They have to destroy part of the 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 the, the, the yeah. wall. Uh, satellites were like that, like a big gigantic IBM, and now your phone is more powerful, right? So in the past twenty years, they're becoming smaller, small. And I got passionate about that. How to put a little engine in a little space. So when you've got a, a, like a shoebox type of satellite. Yeah. So you launch many of these little bees in yeah. space. Many. I love it. It's cool. Many. many. Hundred and thousand of them. Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, jumping into what you're currently doing now. Um, yeah, currently, I'm assuming you're the director. Or I'm the CEO. CEO yeah. of Fleet, Fleet Space. Correct. And it's a business that you've started up here in South Australia. Yep. 
in little old Adelaide, which obviously we're becoming the space hub of Australia. Which no, is it's everything happening here. Yeah. And it's very exciting. The last few years Super it cool. seemed to have come a long way. And you were really right at the top of this this wave that was moving through. Yeah. Do you feel that or, or not? Oh, that, yeah. That must come with a bit of pressure too. When I came here, so I was pregnant with my first one. So she's seven now. Yeah. So seven years ago. I arrived here because, you know, I followed my husband and everything. But there was not much. I mean, Australia's got a big space history. Um, they launched one of the first satellites in space. Uh, There's a Woomerize. A lot going on. But the commercial space has been quite quiet for the past many, many years. When I came here... And I left my job, you know, I had to work. Yeah, maybe I had to become a mining engineer or something. It was really hard for me to find a job. You know, I didn't have defense clearance, so no working for big defense guys. There was no space startups. There was nothing. And when uh, me and my co-founder started the startup before this one and this one, there was not such a thing as building a space startup in Australia. It was like people were looking at thinking, Sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, go to Silicon Valley. Like, yeah. this is not the place. There is not a space agency. There are no space startup. VC are not investing in space startup in this country. That's mm, just mental. Don't do it. And I'm like, why not? You know, I'm here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had kids and a husband that is from Adelaide that wanted to stay in Adelaide as all the Adelaiders, you know. No, we're going to stay here. It's a beautiful city for a family. And I'm like, there is no space, anything here. What are we going to do? So I ha- we had to build our own thing, you know. We have plenty of space. Yeah, plenty of space for rockets and everything, you know. So it was awesome. You know, when we started Fleet, it was one of the first space startups in the country. There are hundreds of them now in the past four years. That are, you know, hundreds. And then I was, just after Fleet, they started building a space agency. I was part of the yeah. team that built a space agency. Who gets to do these things? Like, you know, I'm a young girl, just arrived in the country, participated to one of the biggest, most exposed things to the world. I loved it. I think it was really a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of the biggest... Let's face it, it, it have things that sound sexy, like people say, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm into space. It sounds pretty That's sexy. That's pretty cool, right? Okay. Super cool, super cool. Um, one of the things that you did before Fleet was, was that the lunchbox? Yeah. Launchbox, not lunchbox. Hey, also lunchbox, That's a supermarket. Lunchbox, That's a very a supermarket thing. But that was the idea, you know, the, the, the word, word games a little bit there because um, – we wanted to start a startup, but we didn't really understand a lot about it. And I realized that when you leave the ecosystem in space, it's all about technology, high tech. You need to start with the kids. Yeah. You know, you need to start to inspire everyone because space is inspiring. And one thing that really, really touched me when I came to Australia and knowing that a lot of people don't do engineering, so that like all these maths and things are kind of boring in, in kids. You know, yeah. Whoa. you know, like, oh, you do engineering in the rest of the world. It's awesome. And the world is like building digital and software and building cool stuff. And here, you know, a girl in year 12, the maximum she could tell is I'm going to do biology. You know what I mean? I thought, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, you know, so I really wanted to inspire a little bit. So we built a company that was launching these more 3D printed satellites with schools. And we had done since like year two to year 12. It was fun. Yeah. You know, thousands of schools launching these things in space. Space is fun. You know, if you are year four, I mean, I've got two girls. I love it. Yeah. It's I, very inspiring. I'm, look, I'm inspired by just listening to you talk about space. space. And m- like, more, I've got two young girls as well. So when you talk about a career and the other day I was at home and the International Space Station was going, it came up on my app. 
And they were in bed. And I said, nah, girls, get out of bed. We'll go see this. So we went outside, saw it go across, literally like, uh, like that. So it was very quick. And the girls are pointing out. It got back inside, looked up what the International Space Station looked People at. People are living there. Yeah. And, and that's what they were like, oh, that was like, that's a long way away. And I'm like, I, I can't remember. It's... It's not that far away, to be honest. It's actually not that far. Very close. Yeah. It's a, you know, closer than Wayala. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> in a sense, you know what I mean? So, like, they were like, oh, you know, well, could we do that? And I'm like, yeah, you can, you can do anything. You can do anything. And speaking to you, you're definitely that do anything combination. And you clearly drive that to your family as well. I think there is uh, there is the point. I hope that my girls, I've got a four or seven years old, will do what they like. So it's not about they have to do what I like. Yeah. But what I've learned about space is that it's so complex and fascinating and inspiring. And you look at these kids, you know, thinking, oh, people are actually living there. Oh, people are actually going to Mars. They kind of expand their brains. So they actually think, oh, wow, look at what is possible. So it's not simply about doing that, you know. And I think it's pretty interesting. Mm. So if you talk about things that you're, you want to – some of the things that you do, you do actually speak to schools, uh, particularly maybe girls' schools. Because, yeah, a lot know, of girls' schools. Yeah, because the, the girls' schools, and rightly so, have, have got a tougher job competing in a male-dominated industry. And it's really good to see that you're leading the way to say, hey, we can all do this. And that's – you know, you should get the job on your own merit regardless of – what sex or colour or race or whatever. It shouldn't matter, right? But we know that it's breaking down that old school mentality and moving forward. And to see you actually spend your time actually speaking to schools, what what do you actually say when you rock up to speak to a bunch of year twos or (laughs) year fours? Like (laughs) year (laughs) twelve, the most complex one, you know. I, I do a lot of girls' schools, and this is my bias, okay, because I think it's important. I'm a big believer of just when you have to build complex tech startup, I think I'm a big believer on, on diverse inputs in general. So it's not about female versus male. It's also different cultures. And my team has got 20 cultures or something like that, okay? Um, the reason why I started going to schools is because when I start hiring a fleet, now we are like 40 people, I had, I remember the first year, 500 application at 490 were male. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you need to build a product that's worldwide that appeals to different type of people. So you need to have that multitasking ability that women have and that different brain. I just learned how to do that. Uh, and then I said, okay, I need to get into school. So I have to say, I get kids from schools inside to do like um, job experience. And I go into school, it's always female school. It's my, it's my, yeah. <laughs> my journey. And it's what do story. I say, you know? Um, I love primary school. I also go to kindy or like preschool or even to my childcare, uh, the childcare of my daughter. So I've got a version that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that it sits for every age and it's funny. Um, and it's just interesting to see that the kids, very tiny little kids, like four years old, up to six, seven, eight, they, their brain just expands. So they ask you all the most amazing thing, you know? And you just talk about space, why space is interesting for Earth, what's happening, where people can go. Later on, when I speak for, for girls, like at the end of high school, it's a lot about me as well. And that's the thing, you know, they ask me, how can, do you have family? Yeah. You know, whatever well, you, do. you do. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, is it hard? So there's still this misconception of why you can, you are the CEO, you are aerospace engineering, must be hard. And, you know, it's hard to, but I love it. I'm fine, you know. So it's a lot of that aspect. Like, I could do that, but what do I have to sacrifice? Nothing, yeah. you know. 
And you get to do it all. You must have a very supporting other half. Yeah, you have. And you have to have supporting half. And I, again, I don't have my family here. You know, I uh, came, so it's. Uh, and you're like quite outgoing. Uh, he's he's a little bit quieter. Yeah, yeah, he has but to be because I talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would be hard for me to talk twenty-four hours a day. You know. Um, but he. He's the reason you're in Adelaide. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Is that it's like a love story? He imported here? me, you know, <laughs> like a wine, like a good wine. Yeah, like a very good wine. Like I mean, in fact, we wine. have very good wines here in Adelaide. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it wasn't unnecessary, but in this case. So, so, so you good. came here, oh, that was five years ago? Was yeah, it? a little bit more. But, you yeah, know, he's good. got a full time job as well. So, yeah. I, I, my family's not here. But I think it's, we, we found our way. But what these girls have learned, it's. It's awesome. You know, the other day, I tell this story all the time. We went with Katarina, she's seven. It was probably one year ago, she was six. We went to Target and we needed to buy something for her. Lucas, her son, like a friend from school birthday. So she's like, mommy, let's just get a Lego, like for boys. Because there are, there are you know, the pink Lego yeah. and yeah, the yeah. blue Lego. Oh, I know, so all about like, it. oh my God, okay. So let's go to the blue Legos. And I'm like, you know, let's go on a helicopter and a train and this. And then I saw this beautiful rocket I'm like, what about the rocket? She said, no, mommy, space is for girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like five-star parenting. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I can't retire. I'll see you when you're 18 because I've done my job, you know. Uh, so there is that thing that you probably work a lot, but what they are learning is pretty awesome. That is – so speaking with children, uh, I've got two young girls. Uh, they say the most amazing things. Uh, I have no idea where they get some of it from. So good. What's the most interesting question – that you've been asked by one of these kids that you've had to talk to? I think one of the stories that I always say because it was very, very funny. So when we were doing this experiment with the kids uh, to launch stuff in space, eh? okay, this, the, the launch box, and they, they had a little satellite, they, they couldn't do any experiments. So there was this year, I think it was like year two, so it was like a seven years old. So we did all the brainstorm, all the things. So we were launching this satellite in space, was there for a little while. And this seven years old was like, I actually, and he was looking at me, and I actually do not believe that if you go into space, it gets colder because it gets cooler, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it gets pretty cold. And he's like, I don't believe it because you get closer to the sun. I love it. <laughs> And I'm like, my teacher keeps saying to me that it's going to get cool, but I think it's going to get hot. And I'm like, so should we test it? And he's like, I'm going to put a camera and saw popcorn. Like, no, not your popcorn, like the the, 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 the seed, yeah. okay? And you will see it's going to pop because it's going to get, get hot. Get hot as it goes up. And I'm like, let's do it. So we launched that thing, and in the camera, you saw that it was freezing. And he's like, God, oh, damn it, okay? But the the mind of a seven years old to like challenge all physics and wanted to test it that's hilarious yeah I that's so him. cool so so you actually go to the school and actually send a rocket up no it's not no, a rocket like, is uh, with like uh, is with balloons he's with yeah, balloons yeah. and so stuff you yeah. Film it. yeah 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 we film it you got a can gopro and stuff like that how so. does it come down uh, yeah, it goes down. So it's not a real satellite. It's all 3D printed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all with balloons, weather yeah. balloons. It comes down with a parachute. And 
Really? But it's great for them. So it goes out of the atmosphere, right? Okay, so it was fantastic when we were doing that. That is cool. And they I'd like to do that. God, I exactly, want to send something you know, up there. With a bit of... Uh, yeah, with a bit of advertising. Yeah, it was, I was about to hey. say, a bit of marketing, <laughs> like, you know, Drake's is his face, <laughs> uh, you know. I could... Drake's you can now, see yeah. this happening. Yeah? Can we do this? 100%. Okay. Yeah. We go, uh, lock this. That's locked Locks in. Locks this idea for I, next I week. I am yeah. um, Drake's in space. I'm a Drake's in space. Yeah. You, you can help me with that one. So talking about, like, obviously there's a passion there for space. And I, I learned something absolutely new today. And I didn't realize there's no sound in space. It's dead silent. Hmm, not podcasts. So if I was, like, here to you... Like, and I was yelling, you could not hear me? No. Zero. Zero. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Most good. people here would be yeah, nodding exactly. their heads for yeah, me. Like, Trust yeah, that's me. good. That's the same oh, for so me. So none like, at all. So there's it. zero particles, so there's no noise. It's a pretty quiet place. Okay. So you've been interested in people going to the moon and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, do you believe that they actually went to the moon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that first mission? Yeah. Okay. I did a study, you know, there's so much, there is so much going on. I think they went there. Yeah. I think they are coming back and I think they're going to go to Mars. It's uh, nowadays, I mean, nowadays it's difficult to to fake it because the technology is so high. I think so. And at the time, a lot of people said, I I think I did a study when I was in high school about all the no-sayers that demonstrated all those things like the sound and the shadows. There's so many, the flag not moving. There's so many. So, so what what is the story with that? I mean, I, I actually think that when they went this year or last year, they saw the flag again and they saw everything. Stop so, it! Yeah. They did not. So, Are you, yeah, you, yeah, that yeah. would have been on the internet. Yeah, Come it, it is it. on the internet. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Ollie, and they're becoming like heritage I, I, places or stuff like that. I believe. So we we I was lucky enough to go there for for work. We went to the Super Bowl to um, to what with Pepsi. And they took us to a, a tour of the uh, NASA. It was so we went to um, Houston. Fl- yeah, Houston. That's so, awesome. Man. So they took us on a tour. We had a private tour. It was amazing, and we got to sit with an astronaut. So a guy that had done three, three missions to uh, the International Space Station. So Beautiful. Not, so not not to Mars or anything. Not to to the moon, and. He was he was talking and then he showed us where we went into mission control. So they took us into the real <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. All, all the green one. Yeah, like awesome. so. So we they, we go in there and all the punters were behind us. We're in these. I was pressing the red button and like all this sort of stuff. And and you look at how archaic it was. But the one thing that really stuck in my mind was on the left hand side of that building. If you're looking straight, they have all the missions patches. At, yeah, they have all the patches. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the astronauts come up with the design. They know. Yeah. So, and on that design, they usually write the name of the astronauts and they draw a picture or whatever it is. And then when they come back, so when they go, when they take off, they put it on there. And when they come back down, they have a ceremony where they grab it from the left hand side. And becomes a... Yeah. And it goes to the right hand side. Unfortunately, there's a few that haven't come across. Yeah, the Columbia. Yeah. So, but the thing that blew me away. There's 400 or so missions. The only plaque, the only badge that has not one astronaut name is that one. And it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to me at all. And, and, the, and I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm not a conspiracy. Maybe well, they were very tired when they came back. <laughs> they were like, oh, well, well, I when... just like, I'm barely, barely alive. Leave me alone. That type of thing. Well, have you ever seen that press conference sort of when they came back? 
Have you actually seen that? I think I've seen it because there was, uh, this was uh, last year, was, I don't know, many years of the Apollo mission and yeah. everything. So uh, there was that movie that they put out with all the, uh, did you watch it? Uh, yeah, they, they, it's a movie. I haven't, they, it, it, no. It's, a, it's actually, so it's actually a series of uh, documentary, like historical documents that they found, put together. It's, so I've, it, I've, it, watched, I've watched a fair God, bit of space stuff. but Fascinating. The, the thing that really changed my mind is that they, they're the only only Apollo, whatever it was, I think it's eleven. That they came back and they, they don't. There's no astronauts' names because on. that I, is the only one that they reached the moon. So yeah, I like yeah. that's not even right. I don't you know. know. That's like, not you even can right. Call me strange or whatever you want. That's uh, a bit weird. But anyway, moving on. So the good thing is now they are going again. Do you know that there is this Israeli startup? Uh, that went to the moon a few months ago, and they just uh, crashed. They, they landed, but they hang on. Did they crash or did they land? <laughs> they, they, uh, so they're like, did uh, they like uh, crash? Okay, so they oh, they shit. did Were that with a, this yeah. No, 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 it's amazing. They didn't. It was like a you know, soft landing. <laughs> it was a bit of a hard landing. Right? There were no people in it. But oh, okay. what it fascinates me about it is that they probably did all that mission with something like eighty million or something like that. So that's cheap in space talk. It's like more. Way less than how much money they spent to do gravity. That is a movie about space. So. <laughs> <laughs> they do real space stuff. This is how this is how what the space that I love. So nowadays you can do things for a fraction of cost. And the good things that I don't know if you know, but this year NASA announced it last year the the follow up of the Apollo mission. These are Timis. Yeah. So in the Greek mythology, it was Apollo's I think sister or I don't remember. So it's a female. Yeah. And, and it's the same budget that they use for Apollo, big budget. I'm yeah. talking about 40 billion or something. But the goal here is to put a space station around the moon, to put a woman on moon, yeah. on live. They're going to live on the moon and then use the same technology to do exactly the same on Mars. So in a distance of 70 years. Like two people? Two people. They are going to have people live there. They're going to create infrastructure. They're going to create roads. They're going to create electricity and houses and, and everything. So it's, it's cheaper in the big scheme of things. So, I mean, it's hard to, comp- you know, to comprehend that. But when I realized that it only took a, a day or two days to get to the moon. Uh, like I was expecting it to take a long time. Yeah, it takes six months to go to Mars. Yeah, Mars is a little bit further. <laughs> like, uh, But again, you saw my TED talk because I'm a passionate about that. Yeah. You know? It was taking them four to six months to go with a boat from Europe to, to America. And without GPS, <laughs> without even knowing where they were going. Okay. And even have a phone or ability to call everyone just following the stars. So sometimes I think, yeah, it's a long time, but what about those poor fellows that were putting on a boat in the middle of nowhere, you know, with a, with a wood boat, you know? Yeah. So, so you think it's the same sort of risk? I think it's, we are more equipped now, yeah. way more equipped than what they were equipped before. So with, with uh, the moon, do you think there's any interest to go to the moon or do you think it's to concentrate on something No, like I think it's concentrate on more else. But you have to bear in mind that what it fascinates me about these programs is that when Apollo happened, I, um, I think I read somewhere there's something like 100,000 patents or under trust and invention were created, okay, just as part of the big project. So it was 
so many million invested billions that it created so many technology and most of them are now used in our lives like in medical in yeah. transport ongoing. ongoing so now nasa is investing in this 40 billion or whatever and i think it's going to build the base for all the technologies that we're going to use on earth you know for saving earth because i have to admit i'm a big fan of using space to save earth uh, we know? have uh, oh, that has been noted yeah um, no, did, uh, i'm did, a bit i'm we, a we bit of a nature you know I, Earth is such a beautiful place, you know, and I, I'm a big supporter on going to Mars because I think humankind needs to keep moving. It's just part of who we are. And also, when you actually go out of Earth, you learn a lot of things about physics and the absence of physics, absence of uh, all the same physics rules. So you can learn a lot about the diseases and stuff like that and, and push boundaries. So I think in the next 10 years, we, build, we will build a lot of technology that we can use on Earth. Earth is still beautiful. Like you look at Mars and you think, yeah, we are going to Mars, but <laughs> Mars looks awful. Like it's like, it, it, and that, it doesn't look very actually different from South Australia <laughs> desert. It's very, very similar. You know, if you if you put it on the side, say, but look at Earth with all these oceans and green and trees and you know. Is is there another Earth? I think they say there is. Okay, not this in the galaxy, probably Europa. Don't remember. So there is other planets so beautiful, but the technology that we need to create is going to take a little bit of a while to reach them. So with with um, the solar system, so do you have a fascination with the planets and, I like and things like that? Or is there, is, do you have a favourite planet? Uh, Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Earth is my yeah. favourite okay, planet. It's absolutely cool. freaking oh, well. awesome. And I think the key is that we need to learn to go to Mars and, and to reach the end of the solar system because I think that they have identified two other three Earths outside the solar system. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to see these things in the next 100 years, but just to give you an example, that I love it, okay? So all will this technology that Elon Musk is doing to push? Yep. Okay. Oh, amazing. Been amazing for like, Adelaide too, let's uh, face yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's an interesting man, right? Okay. But one spin-off of this technology that he's talking about, so all this transport technology, is the ability for us to change our aeronautic industry. So the ability to have airplanes that brings you from Adelaide to London in one hour. Yeah. So just to give an idea how your supermarket world going to change when someone can order a mozzarella from Rome and he arrives with Amazon Prime in 30 minutes yeah. from Italy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, people think that this is nuts, but this is going to happen in the next 20 to 25 years. So, so, so thanks for the heads up. Yeah, heads um, up. We'll keep an okay, eye. Okay, keep an eye. <laughs> Particularly for the burrata. If he comes really, really fast, you know. Because obviously, you know, and you've got, you know, there's Elon Musk, obviously, and I will ask you if you've met him down the, but there's also Richard Branson that's yeah, concentrating and, and, on Yeah, uh, and Bezos, you know, and these people so are spending a lot of money. So they know? are spending the money. And it, let's face it, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to the space industry. We're Absolutely. always controlled by government, generally. Well, it was. Well, NASA and whatnot. As Correct. Well. And, and and quite controlled, and now you're starting to get private enterprise yep. uh, that is looking to spend some of their spare change to change the Improve world. Improve technology, Te change the world. Because they're technology people. You talk about Elon and have – you obviously must know about the Hyperloop. Yeah, 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 like, all the things he does. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, this guy just does – like well, he's got his hands in everything. But the Hyperloop, when you see speed tests of this and uh, – and, uh, if we can put something on, if we we show about what actually a hyperloop is, I actually don't understand. I gather it's magnetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so magnetic. It's like the tra the trains in in Japan. I guess they go very fast on. Yeah, but magnetic. this goes like a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you live in LA, but bear in mind that Elon Musk, everything he does is to live on Mars. 
So all those transportation under the, the, the ground of the batteries, and it's all a mass master plan. So all these companies will come together in a master plan on Mars. So. Okay, I'd never. I'd, oh yeah, I'd never. Yeah. I think I, about <laughs> it. Or everything related to electronic electricity, you know, that we will need it there because uh, everything related to underground stuff, rockets to go there, and satellites, and now all ab about brain and controlling robotics. Yeah. This is all its master plan for Mars. So on, on Mars, like it's a, you know, it doesn't look like the prettiest place. Like no, it look, it's pretty. Uh, uh, I've only seen the rover stuff, which isn't, it's, you know. It's very red. Uh, yeah, it's red. So do you live underground there or? There is that the atmosphere, the atmospheric condition of a particular atmosphere, I think, flew away. So uh, uh, we live so well in on Earth because we got our uh, atmospheric layer protectors, but it escaped Mars. Okay, so Mars is very hot. There is a lot of CO2. So people think they actually they're gonna terraform Mars. So bring okay, this. terraform. Is That's a word that you. So you originally. Scary. So is this, is this is this true that you originally were concentrating on getting things to Mars when you were? I still concentrate on getting things to Mars. So terraforming is what? Terraforming is creating the same at an atmosphere in Mars so that you can start having rains and behavior that creates water and things like that. So a fleet, for example, what we do is a constellation of small satellites for remote operations. Okay, so we help industries to connect sensors and remote operate so their assets, asset tracking. And so, so it's, it's pretty cool technology. But why we like it? Because it's got all these remote operations. And remote operations are really important for Earth, you know. When you actually move from manual to remote means that you save better food. You, you, I mean, 50% is wasted of food in the supply chain because we just do the supply chain, putting things on a truck or that. So all this automated way of controlling stuff really is earth-saving thing. But at the end of the day, it's going to be really cool on Moon and Mars. So we're going to get there. So with fleet, like, I want to have a, I want to have a talk about it. Let's because, talk about it. Uh, I, um, you showed me, and I, I'd love it if we could get the footage that you showed a... It's like an intro clip for Fleet. Yep. I saw it at South Start, and you, you've actually had a newer one since then, which I saw somewhere, but I've seen it, but I would like to play it because it's pretty cool. Yeah. So what it is, basically, you can obviously tell people, but you, you obviously are picking, piggyback. Like a, a satellite's pretty big piece of machinery. Yeah, but this uh, one is smaller. So yeah. this, uh, a normal satellite, what, the size of this room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this room is probably the size of a small bus. Eh? Yeah, a right? small bus. Yep, so that's what's up in the atmosphere, well, the outer stratosphere. Yeah, very, very high. But these new satellites are pretty small. Yeah. So think of really like about a shoebox. Shoe really like a shoebox of technologies. Yeah. They go 500 kilometers from Earth. From Earth, I still launch with a rocket. So we still launch with Elon Musk and other rockets. But the idea is that, so it's an interesting concept. So they, they create internet for what is called Internet of Things. So Internet of Things is an interesting concept. Is <laughs> the idea that they call it the next industrial revolution. So the third industrial revolution was Internet for people. So you got your computer and you got your iPhone yep. and life Happy. is great. Yeah. Okay. So before that, there was nothing like this. Now we work in industry and that's normal, but we forget that 30, 40 years ago, there was nothing like it. So the next industrial revolution, the fourth one, is about bringing things on the Internet. So at the moment, how many things you got in your supermarket? Uh, Many. Yep. Thousands, <laughs> Many. Okay. Thousands of touch points. And for the moment, every every single thing that is online is just your, your stuff. 
but in the coming 15 years, every single asset from the car or the truck to the salad to the, and this is for every industry, we'll have a GPS location, a timestamp, and it's gonna go on internet. So the efficiency of everything you guys operate, and not just you guys, electricity well, plants, and you know, everything. everything. So, it's, so to have everything connected, which is the IoT. Yeah. Large scale, why Large, do you need satellites yeah. and everything? You know? So so is is that to make things more efficient? Yeah. Or is it to really learn like, you know, if I if someone knows where my I got a Tesla, love love that. Good. But if someone knows like if I'm I mean that's tracked anyway, so that's probably a bad example. But you know, w- what's the benefit of knowing? What's do you the want do you, you wanna talk us through? Let's talk through What's the benefit let's, of let's, knowing everything? So, so let me talk through a live example of mangoes. Like you might know some live examples <laughs> so, of like for mangoes, they're picked on a farm. So do you want to talk us through how and So the there is a lot of cases because IoT is all about cases. But a mango is a funny one because <laughs> everyone loves mangoes. Yeah, okay? everyone. So something that I've learned when I started this, uh, this journey is that in the supply chain, something that I really didn't know. So in the big supply chain, so, you know, cold supply chain on, on, on oceans, we waste some more than 50% of the food in the big um, containers. Uh, and I'm like, wow, it's, sorry, this is a big number. Like, you know, we there are 7 billion people that are going to come live with us in this world, and we waste 50%. So we waste water in the, in the, in the, in yep. at the very beginning. Then we waste 50% of the food. I think, f- like, all the, all the food that reach the person eating, 40% of that is wasted. We waste so much. And we've just been doing this for years. Mango is something really I loved because I love mango. Yeah, Everyone I love loves mango. And it turns out that a lot, the mango to get to a place where it can be sold has to be in a particular conditions. And you know that is your word. And it is something like constantly in the supply chain at 18 degrees in the core. Yep. Like a random number, like God knows what. Okay, it's very specific. Though. Yeah, it's very specific. Otherwise, it gets a little bit rotten, and it gets you know to the supermarket. You can't really sell it anymore, and it's a window of time. So uh, there are a lot of companies around. And this is the supply chain is complicated because it comes from the farm, out of internet, on the oceans. A lot of companies build these little chips that actually are biodegradable. So that goes inside the mango truck all the life. So if there is a door that open and close during transport that gets the temperature higher, you know straight away way you can act okay this is one tiny example of a million example of iot of things they can do but it's uh it's fascinating so so with so what so you're you are saying that potentially every piece of fruit we have its own id stop it so you go from every truck have its own id to every pallet have its own id to every like piece of so a piece of uh letter box and it's an ID to every piece of fruit or every piece of thing. So it's a big change. It's going to happen 20, 30 years. So I guess that's one reason. That's probably a reason how we started to talk because there are, there are well, obviously we, we transport a fair bit of things. We, we 3PL everything, comes from a warehouse, goes, it goes from the grower, goes straight out to the stores because we do some paddock to plate. So there's a lot of synergies there. Uh, when you talk about a biodegradable chip, that is actually being read by one of your nano yeah, shoebox size yeah, yeah, satellites. The it satellites, sounds, uh, it's great. It sounds far-fetched. The reality is that most of these things, 
when you actually think about connectivity, connect, every time the connectivity made a step further in society, it allowed a revolution in the industry. So at the moment, I think 90% of the, 98% of the world is unconnected. So in the How 30, much? 98, 98. 98. So 3G, 4G, 5G is in 3% of the world. So where there are the CDs? It's it's crazy. So when you think about IoT or your Tesla driving itself, yep, it and does. Uh, you it name does. it, okay. So how do you do when it's not 3G? You edge computing. There is so much, so many technology needs to come online. So everything will be, yeah, everything will be connected. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, someone yeah, had so to create some internet for it. So, so then someone needs to be in that platform. And you said you sent you sent up a couple of mother loads, um, which I'm assuming are satellites. Yeah, four, four last year and now for next year we want to launch 100 yep so yep. are they for nanos going up yeah 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 or so so you've obviously said to someone hey can we borrow your rocket yeah elon musk uh, yeah, yeah, elon yeah, yeah. Ma- and can we throw send some couple stuff up? of stuff up and you know we do it every year you know and you know we are gonna get to a point that we must produce the satellites and the satellites you can launch them you know every month depending of what capacity people need <laughs> And there's amazing things that we do, you know, in agri- agriculture, it's an is a, is a easy feat, you know, because, you know, big distances and it's yeah. so much just said. So crop maintenance, animal tracking, uh, weather predictions, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. But it's way more than that, like all energy, electricity, distribution network, solar panels, you know, line of and line of grids, and then you go to... Uh, asset tracking and your life and depots and oh my god it's, it's endless we are doing a really good project now tracking turtles in us and it's all sort of things tracking turtles yeah it's, it's so, really so one that most like because i'm you know so we have a bit of a bias to food but if you would you, you mentioned i uh, heard you with one of your talks talk about how there was a farmer big farm uh tracking the cows the yeah. cattle yeah. so it, they used to round up the cattle by helicopter. Of, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and so they still do it. You know, in the Northern Territory, they herd cattle with helicopters. Yeah. You know, it's massive. And sometimes they got RFIDs if they're close to the farm. But m- most of these farms are as big as Belgium. Yeah. You know? So how do you track? Uh, and the idea will be that eventually when someone buys a meat, in a supermarket, yep. hopefully, it will have a scan and it will say that cow come from this place and eaten this grass and, you know, it's been checked for this thing. So we actually know what we are buying. Yeah. You know, and why we are spending $30 for this piece of Instead meat. Instead of and, uh, 50 uh, Exactly. Uh, why we are buying this and also if there are diseases, where they're coming from. So all that knowledge. So with, with um, the waste part, I mean, you're a big advocate for climate change yeah. and you... So, so for me, there's no doubt it's hotter now it's than, hotter. Right, than it used to be. Yeah, it's hotter. And there's, I'm, I'm struggling to determine what summer, winter, autumn and spring are to yeah. my girls because uh, it's all over the spot. And that's just a you know, very basic uh, look at life. But there's, it's yeah. definitely a lot warmer now than it was when I was 10 yeah. compared to when, how well my girls are, for instance. So uh, I'm only assuming that you know, once upon a time we had, you know, end of World War One, there was like 1.7 billion people on the planet. Now we have 7.8 billion people on the and planet. And we're going to have more. And we're going to have more. Uh, is that not something that's just a part of the life cycle of a planet? Or? So then I, I like the topic and I like numbers. Okay, I'm yeah. a nerd. So, you know, it's hard, it's hard to justify the numbers. So I think in general, the problem with climate change is the absence of uh, awareness on numbers. 
Um, so I like to study them. Yep. And I like history in general. So I look back and I'm like, if you look at, we are looking at 60, 70 years or 100 years, planet is looking at billion of years. So you have to look at it a big picture and say, okay, yeah. 13 uh, Point eight billion yeah, years. Yeah, the okay. So the planet, from his point of view, it says, okay, you guys are looking at your past hundred years, but I'm looking at you from a bigger lens. Yep. What what the bigger lens tells you that I think that is scary is that uh, this activity that's happened in the past fifty years is is very very fast. So it's faster as of compared to the normal cycles yeah. of okay. of the of the planet. It's extremely fast and is not caused by the normal planet behavior. So the planet has got a normal behavior that goes in cycle, but it's completely out of normal behavior. So this is caused by us. Okay. okay. So that's so you're you're actually basing it on let's say the last fifty years. It's, yeah, the speed of uh, incrementing temperature. So it's not just incrementing temperature. The three big numbers that they look at is the incremental of in temperature, that I think is two degrees in the past uh, thirty years, and if it goes keep going at this trend. Is gonna be eight degrees by 2030. So in every city, it's eight degrees plus. That's massive. So we are talking about 50 degrees in that's Adelaide. Like any, that's we're talking 10 years away. It's yeah. 2020, by the way. Yeah. So you know the number is huge. Okay. The second one is the race of the oceans, and at the moment yeah. they are talking about these millimeters. In 2040, they talk about 30 centimeters. So they talk about. Uh, so they talk about a number of the city that will go underwater, like cities, like like Adelaide, you know, that they go underwater. So they talk about 24 million of people a year that will come in, come in poverty due to the fact that they, 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 all these crazy things are going to happen. So it's, it's kind of we are in a point that these things are going so, so fast. And that is, of course, the CO2 in, uh, in the atmosphere. That is the reason why everything is happening. So CO2 in the atmosphere is why the temperature is higher is why the, the rays of the ocean is higher because the ices are melting and uh, because we've got more extreme weather. Yeah. Like, come on, we had the, the fires and the floods in, in two weeks' time. Uh, Those are extreme weather events. Yeah, yeah it was on, on and off. Like, just like and they that. are not normal. So the thing that excites me in one side, they're not really excite me on the other, that these are due to the CO2 increase, and CO2 increase is not normal for a planet. So it's not a normal behavior of a planet. It's due to our industries. So if I'm uh, uh, just me, which I am, um, if you were to say, hey, these are three things you could possibly do. If, if you could tell someone what are three things that could help climate change, what so could could you could you could you come up with three? Yeah, I've got three. So uh, as I see the word and what I've learned, I, I put it in two buckets. So what the big ones should do. So three things that the big influential people or companies should do that make more impact. But what if every person on earth could do three things yeah. that will make the same impact? Okay. So the good things that I'm seeing on large scale is of course one of the big topic is production of CO2 in coal or fuel. Okay, so the big things that I see on a large scale is electric cars. Yep. Uh, that is what Elon is doing. That is massive. It's gonna have an impact that you don't even know. Okay. So, so, what so do that's you a big tick. What do you buy say a to Tesla? <laughs> buy a Tesla. What, what do you buy, a te what, buy electric cars? What, what do you say to the people that say, "Oh, it costs more money to actually produce that car"? Because you know, what do you say to those people that say it costs more money to produce that car? 
um, you know, it's worse for the environment because you hear so much misinformation. I, I think it's misinformation. Yeah. So there is still a, a to produce that car, there is a bit of plastic still. So plastic still comes from fuel and everything. So don't get me wrong, there yeah. is still a way yeah. to go. But I think it's a big step. Uh, if you look at cars, for example, cars is not the main problems. Like the the, the big um, uh, industry equipment, yeah. that's all on fuel. Yep. That spent way more, so I think that that all should move to hydrogen. So these big two trends of uh, so the world trends about electric cars, hydrogen use more than fuel, migrating away from coal, okay, and having more battery on roofs, and this is a massive trend. So if all the worlds are doing that, we will start decreasing. The second one is 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 more trees. So there are two things to to fight CO two. So I'm seeing yep. some amazing things about farmers of having the ability of farmers to uh, treat their, their soil better. There are mushrooms now that they can use and stuff to create more, um, to um, attract CO2, uh, yep. okay, for things like that, and more trees. Trees are natural things, you know, to combat CO2. So use cars, move to hydrogen, put your solars and stuff, buy a Tesla battery, and uh, and and I'm starting from the little things, you know, recycling yeah. is a must. Yep. I've moved to a bamboo toothbrush. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that is bizarre. But you know, the weird things that I started one year ago, and I also moved to fl- fleet, to just use with customers that can help Earth and not customers that can Wow. Okay, that was that's a big, a, so that's big a, decision. That's a big decision. This basic decision. But it feels good. Like, you know, <laughs> every time I just integrate something, like, you know, a bamboo toothbrash or, you know, I go to into supermarket instead of getting that banana that is all in plastic yeah. and the other one is not. Yeah. Because, you know, you see those bananas in plastic and you think, like, why you put plastic? Like, bananas got a natural thing, you know? So all those things, you, we consumers start doing these things. It feels good. So uh, I have 100%. Agree. We feel good, and and we we talk about we we, you know we we are progressing in the right way forward. We're you know we're working on our packaging, and we are. It's working a big at, topic, at, and it's a big topic because we have a lot. Like you, you face it, you go down. In oh that my god, it's, yeah, it's, it's out massive. Of and now you go to the fruit and veg section, and I keep saying we only supply what the customers want, and unfortunately, it's changing they, though. They do want that. So would do you think? I think that in Europe, uh, supermarkets yeah. and so are just imposing themselves. But you know, it's how far do you get it? Like, you know, what about your shampoo? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, it's hard work. Everyone yeah. brings in that. But you bring your own shampoo. But uh, let's talk container. about this because there's, with the fruit and veg, uh, we go in our department, and I'm almost embarrassed at some of the things that we wrap, like you know, kids like pack the banana or well, the kids, kids apple. Pack, kids, yeah, like all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And do you think? And I'm I'm almost I can't say it because they'll probably get shot for it, but. We should trial a store where we just go, you know what? We're going all non-packaged And product. see how, how people and react. And see what happens. Yeah, definitely. In life, would you, in particular. Would you go, I know you live down go. at the beach somewhere. So. Yeah, I've got, I got a drink next to <laughs> you. So try, try with the semaphore park one. <laughs> the so semaphore do, one. Do you think that the because the customers are, you know, and I hate saying this about customers, but generally they're very time poor. They, they are technically lazy and they shop on convenience, right? So... If we supply a, a packaged product and we take out all the packaging, right? So we, we, we specifically buy certain products, everything that you can, but, uh, you know, you have your strawberries loose. You have, like, you know, your blueberries. Like, everything is loose. Do you think people would 
change. And I'm, ha- I'm, I'm almost keen to do it for one. So, so the, to see what people would the do. The reality is, is about... Semaphore uh, is probably the right place. Yeah, because they're, they're all like, yoo-hoo, we're going to save the world. Okay. So, yeah, I actually think that you have, in everything about business and retail, you have to try. But I think it's very important, the messaging. And also maybe changing the structure of the supermarket so they do have those some bags but yeah. they are you know by the grape bowl yeah. whatever they are yeah that's, hap- that's you know so place, you know it's happening and explain that i think i think it's gonna happen like it's yeah. gonna happen and the reality so we're going, is we're that gonna it's do a, just gonna happen we're gonna do a reversal you know people are not stupid and slowly they are i mean look at that little girl greta you know it's a 14 year so they influenced like 10 million 40 million people like it yeah. will pop up way There's some more good memes people. about yeah, you, you have to get ready. You know, you have to get ready. Yeah, I mean, I... But you have to I, experiment, like everything. Yeah, experiment. No, yeah. I think, and I, you know what, I think we need to be cre- courageous enough to experiment. The, the other courageous. Thing, yeah, courageous. So the other thing I, I bang on about is that Australia's imprint on the world, the global, like, floss on the global arena is 1%. So... Do you mm, think I think it's actually the the impact of coal and plastic is bigger than what you think. Okay, yeah, okay. it's a big country, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, the, you know the mining history, the plastic history is actually massive in this country. So, but you know, but Australians love nature. Yeah, it's, no, we do. Love, I mean, I think India. I don't know. I mean, how many countries now they are going into for plastic free? It's gonna happen. I mean, Australia always they say that, you know, like, oh, we are far from everyone. We are 1%. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, you are like 5% of the entire territory. You're yeah. massive, okay? But... So, so are you pro-nuclear power use? So, or uh, against nuclear power use? So nuclear power is an interesting thing because yeah. I think that what happened in, uh, in, in this, like a the drama related to explosions and terrible things you've seen in the past I mean, that's was related l- to safety, yeah. not related to the product itself. So there is a lot of uh, well, change that need to happen in the education of people because th- that type of power is a very interesting power. You know, you, this, is, this is a very interesting type of powers that can be used. There is a lot of misinformation. Yeah. So about power, about coal, like people protest against mining, for example, heavily. But mining is not all about coal. Most of the mining in Australia about copper and about lithium. And copper and lithium are used to do your Tesla car and your solar batteries and your phone. And you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so there, I, I, so I, there I is totally a lot of misinformation. So the, the information is to get better for people to understand. But, you know, I, I wrote something interesting that Rio Tinto or someone, I don't know, is changing the way they do casing uh, with Apple. So they are not come from plastic and coal. Because so. they use uh, uh, uridium. Yeah, so there's a lot of misinformation, but um, there's a lot of good things as well. So it's not all bad. We well, need I, copper, I, you know. I'm a, I'm pro-nuclear. Yeah, I think, me too. You know, you look at, uh, unfortunately, there's Chernobyl, which is back in you know, the 80s, I think. And then they, Fukushima, which they built yes. on a fault line yeah, on the coastline. like. You know, Australia, very stable. We've got a lot of desert. Of course, a lot of space. And and we've got high taxes. So it could be something that I can't believe that a government's not picking up to say, we mine it. We mine uranium here. I know. Not far from Adelaide, actually. Yeah, correct. Like, if we turned ourselves into a, you know, nuclear power plant, like Simpsons, so so to speak, you've, you've got the right conditions to be able to do it, which we already do. 
I think it's a cultural problem there. It's not a technology problem. Technologies are amazing. And just it's generation that had been affected too much that what happened during the war and what happened in, in Russia, you know. Well, we're the, one of the only countries, and I, I, I was lucky enough to sit next to someone that I, I actually probably can't say, but the story goes along. We buy nuclear submarines for our beautiful country and we, we convert them to diesel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I'm like, I said, okay, what's the difference between a, a diesel submarine and a nuclear submarine? He goes, well, you could put it like this. A nuclear submarine is quite quiet. Can't hear it. Diesel submarine, we can hear it from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> and a diesel submarine can stay underwater for like 60 days and a nuclear submarine can stay underwater for 90 days. Why the fuck would we do that? I, I, and, and then you go, what, so, so what countries are using nuclear? France, China, USA. Like, it's like France. Out them. of all people, France are using it. Well, then it's good enough for me. But that's another story because that comes down to the mining. And but that's, it, that's it's a big part all of, of it. Like all these, uh, all these things that we're discussing now. So you, you're in your life, you're thinking, would the customer be happy if I do a change? This is a business decision. It's important, okay? Yeah, and totally. it's not as easy. But for government and public. So if you think about space, like this, the creation of the space industry here, and we need to go through a lot of misinformation about what space is all about. You know, people were like, why do we need to invest money in space? Like, who wants to go to Mars? You know, why should you, how many times here, why should we go to Mars yeah. and invest in space technology if we don't have money for our kids? You know, that sentence, yeah. and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so my satellites helps the farmer, helps you, yeah. helps the industry, helps people not to get into cars, you know, to check a pole that is going down in the middle of nowhere during a storm, it helps the economy. People don't know that. People think about space, just rockets, yeah, destructions. Totally. And then now the South Australia is building a rocket pad in Port Lincoln. I don't know if you know that, okay? Yeah. That's pretty cool. People are like, what do we do with a rocket? What do we do with a rocket? We put in the rocket, the satellites from Flavia to help the farmer, okay? <laughs> because Flavia needs a rocket to go up. So there is that little, uh, as every technology, you need a little bit of education, <laughs> you know? Otherwise, people, it's a complicated things to understand. So you, we need to be clear. I, I, there's no doubt it is. And we, we, you talk about the, the space pad. I was just clarifying that. It's a, even your accent made it sound. Oh, it's a, sorry, sorry. It's a space pad. The space, <laughs> no, space pad. A space, uh, no, space pad. Uh, let's call it a space uh, launch pad. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think? Is it better? So, so for, for us... And like you know, where you're now a proud South Australian. Yeah, I'm, I'm Australian. Yeah. you know, I became Australian last weekend. Yeah, uh, so you now like you, and you've been in Adelaide long enough to know that we don't want to go to Woomera is a fair way away. We're going no. to Port Lincoln. It's a little bit closer. So how how close are we from actually seeing a rocket launched from Port Lincoln? Port Lincoln. A few years. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be awesome. Yeah. See, that's just so amazing. And, and we're really lucky to be. And we're lucky to have people like you pushing that fact. So we go back to the global warming. Yeah. Uh, it's no doubt there's lots of talk about what's going on. And we, we see there's a big push about food waste. And we mentioned it a little bit before. This is a, something that I've got a stat for you here is that each person. So we talk, we talk about in... So we we the Australia sends approximately five point three million tons of food waste to landfill each hmm. year. So that's five point three million tons. So that that's two hundred and two kilos of food waste per person for every single person in Australia. Per year. Per year. Wow. And I I knew you wouldn't have known that figure because 
Well, it sounds about right. My fresh guy does, thank God. So, so for us. So where? So where? F- so from that, 200. so 2.2 million tons of that comes from the commercial and industrial sector, which is this. That, mm. That's us. So that there, we we put in 2.2. So commercial real estate. So the other 3.1. It's households. Yes, and it's a frightening number. It's a it's a big number, and that's for every person in Australia. So. So if you looked at, if we could save that, and, and I'll, I'll use the example of a cherry grower. We, we, we went out to good old Terry at Torrens, was it Torrens? Torrens, yeah, Torrens Valley Cherries. And he's a lovely guy. And he was showing us his farm. Doesn't like talking in front of a camera, but <laughs> he showed us his, he has a machine that takes 10,000 photos a second of all the cherries floating through like this. And it, it chooses what grade each cherry is by. Awesome. And, you know, you just think, oh, cherry farmer. You're like, oh, and you see it, and it splits it up to, okay, they can go to Coles. <laughs> they go to Woolworths. Oh, yeah, the good stuff, that goes to Drake. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that's how he's there, Zebra So this machine takes 10,000 uh, photos a second, and he had some going to a run, and we were there. And I said, where, where are they going? And he said, they're, they're not good enough to sell. But yeah, they, looked, yeah. they, they look looked amazing. They look perfectly fine, right? And th- this thing's taking a 3D photo. It tells you where the marks are on it. It's amazing. And I said, well, why, why, why well, what do you do with that? And he goes, I dump it. Like, I can't sell it. And we're like, so we have a fight for food brand. Yep. And we packaged those cherries. So we ended up putting that brand together, packaged the cherries, went out to stores. They all sold. So he was telling me, and this is the part that scared me, 40% of cherries off a tree only make it to yeah, the, bet. Forty percent don't make it to the shelf. So I will buy fruit with a with a corner that is I will buy. Yeah. So, I, so I, we did. a lot of people will buy. So, and, and so did everyone else. But we did put it in a plastic bag. <laughs> that, that's just did your plastic bag, you know. So one thing at a time, you know, you fix one side that they're, they're like, you know but the blanket is short, you know, you <laughs> we love one side and you and the feet comes out. <laughs> I but think it, I think it's you know, like that. Like I, I think it's awesome. So so just by being there and going, where's that go? He goes, that goes to waste. It was like just hey, and I spoke to our fresh guy. I said, mate, what what are we doing? So we ended up getting those. And people buy it. Eh? Yes, of course, I would and, buy them. And they were like half the price of the cherries. I think, I think they're four ninety nine. That's super yummy. Super yummy. They're off the same tree, but they just not, they haven't made it for the quality because. Unfortunately, as a supermarket, we have trained people to be very... Picky. Yeah. We, we want them to only pick the best possible fruit and, and veg possible. And it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing because it makes I, people yeah, not buy... No, I agree. I think it's more awareness. You know, if I look about you guys and your next com- campaign that you're doing now that I'm noticing, like about being South Australia, being Australia, being... Like you are the voice that can say, "Hey, look, these are Southern Australian stuff. They yeah. got they got a corner on, on a little cherry, but it's awesome. People will buy." Yeah, well, that will happen with the lens with yeah, no, apples. Like, they had a hailstorm, and they said, "Shit, what can we do?" And we said, "Well, okay." They came up with our freckles campaign. Hey, look, we, we've got a few marks on us, but cool. we're okay to eat. <laughs> and that's all I buy now. It's in a plastic bag, though. But that's yeah, so that <laughs> remove the plastic bag after. But okay. that's 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 all I buy. But, but what about all the food that is wasted in the household? You know. Yeah, the, and I think that's becoming less and less. Like like my girl, they teach it at school because my girls have been a far more 
oh, Dad, you eat that. Dad, like, they don't let anything go in the bin. And that's probably why I'm putting on weight. You know, like, you mean the kilos? <laughs> no, no, don't blame the kids. <laughs> no, it's but because you're doing sport. But they, are, they know what goes in the recycling bin. They know that, like, we came back and, and bless, um, we came back and Nat's dad, my wife's dad, he, he well, I was throwing bottles in the bin and he was pulling them out. I didn't know. He was pulling them out. I go, what the fuck are you doing, Ed? And he goes, no, no, I got these, the bottles yet 10 cents. And I was yeah. like, because I moved from Queensland. I went, oh, cool. All right. So I said, all right, so I'll make a thing of this. So we started collecting it. So we've been back here for five years and we've got about $2,200 of bottles. Of course. That, that goes straight into the girls' account. So now the girls go I around. Are richer than you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But, you know, those little things, you know, uh, this year I started to separate uh, hard plastic to soft plastic. There's so much soft plastic in the things we buy. That's correct. And at the end of the day, it all gets into a, you know, squash in a teeny tiny pack. So I, I think they're uh, getting good in households. Yeah, we are that. getting a lot better. So I'm putting it out there. If anyone listens to this, I'm happy to do something with one of our growers that we use. And we'll use your technology to test this which you're already doing but I, i'd like to see it happen in south australia so we can talk about the story yeah, so i'm absolutely. just flagging that so i so let's talk about uh, I, was, I got a there's some questions here that's easy for you why adelaide i mean it was pretty easy you were following your heart following my heart uh, and 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 he's a freaking champion too got some be- beautiful young girls as well so, uh, no it's not girls so kids so girls yeah yeah, yeah. they're four and seven they're four like teenagers seven. four and seven yeah <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my god! Yeah, so there's a fair bit there. What in, in what drives you? So what's one thing in in your that you're not your passion, but what drives you to want to explore more, to do more, and to actually you know be successful in this industry, uh, which is the space industry. Um, I've got a personal passion for it. I always think that I've been I'm in this world to do something amazing for space, but. I have to admit, uh, this year, all these things about Earth really, really just create a purpose on everything. Like, I'm, I'm building something to save the world and helping everyone. It's a great purpose. You know, it's a reason when you wake up in the morning and you have to pack the kids and go to work and run a startup thinking, why you have to do that? And you're like, oh, you got 10 years to 2030 and 2030, everyone will die. So you better <laughs> launch satellites, you know, and save the world. I I found a purpose in what I'm doing, you know, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, and it's 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 amazing to see too. So I'm really excited about that. So to so see the journey, you, yeah. and it feels like you just started. So yeah, I just started, but we we have to go fast. So every day feels like, oh my god, like we have to go faster. And I'm like, it's, it's just Monday. <laughs> so do you do you go faster? Do you talk about rocket propulsion? Or do you talk about electric? Yeah, yeah, that's ro- electric <laughs> rocket propulsion. Yeah, yeah, the Tesla is so fast; it's in, it's inc- it's actually incredible. It's incredible. Um, and I'm only assuming a rocket's a bit more. I haven't I haven't ridden a rocket or driven yeah, a rocket. Yeah, yet, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so give me something to work on. Um, who is the most influential pe- person that you have met in this industry? Wow, in space. Yeah. Um, so it's a small community. Uh, I think the, the, the people that are more interesting to meet are the astronauts. Cause, and I met few. Yeah. Actually, I got a talk with one of them tonight. Is uh, um, Oh, you've got a conference tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. She's got to be gone on yeah, time. Yeah, because so we're yeah, on no, a okay, panel with that. Andy Thomas, that yeah. is a great astronaut. 
I met some of them uh, in the U.S. But, you know, not for the reason that you think. You will think, oh, you know, the most inspiring person you met is an astronaut because, but they are the most humble humans you ever met. It's yeah. weird. You speak with them. Uh, there was one of the uh, American female. We were in a talk together in Melbourne. We went and drink some wine after. She was like, I don't understand why people want to talk to me. And I'm like, because you went to space like 10 times <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah. And she was like, I'm just a pilot. She, she's an Air Force pilot. Just a pilot that just drove the thing. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but outer space? Yeah. She also had the problem with heights, you know, when you're scared of heights. Uh, like vertigo? Scared. Yeah, vertigo. Or? And yeah. I'm like, you have vertigo? <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, it's been a struggle. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you've been in a space mission for months. And yeah. then... And she's like, oh, I wish people would treat me like a normal person, not like an astronaut. I don't understand what everyone loves me. And I'm, and I'm like, so they are just humbles. I don't know if it's crossed by the effect of what they see when are out there. You know, they, they talk about so what they Earth say? from the top and yeah. just... So it's not flat. It's not? It's not flat. It's, an, it's not flat. Oh, it my God. Like Earth not, is not flat. I don't know. That's what they say. But when it's like moon. And we have a land <sighs> in the moon is the word of flat. Uh, I... So, so she is? She's amazing. Okay. So we talk about what they see. Like, uh, we, it's a very big uh, universe out there. And we can't, do you believe we're the only no. beings on this planet? No, 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 no. no. On this planet, maybe. Yeah. I don't even know because uh, on this planet, I've got some doubts because uh, it's a big unknown under oceans that we okay. don't know yet, you know. So maybe weird things will come out of the oceans. But <laughs> out there... Sure, there's someone else. So have you seen anything yourself? No, but it's a big topic for me. I love it. I'm uh, always with the nose <laughs> around looking for it, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I believe in ghosts and all sort I'm of things, you. you know. So I believe in all this weird stuff, uh, you know. So I'm always with an eye open. So with your talk about things like that, um, like that's, do, do you, have you heard of Bob Lazar? Uh, have you heard of, like, what he, his work? And, and, you know, obviously he's basically saying, yeah, that it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to fucking, I want to see something. I know, me too. Like, this is why I started this. So I was obsessed with uh, <laughs> Area 51 when yeah. I was a younger. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that someone saw something. You know, I, I've got this obsession that someone on earth saw something. I see a lot of videos. You know those videos? Yeah, like you I know. Me, I love it. Well, the, and I think I, I've had a, a situation when I, I was, I, I reckon I must have been eight or nine. I was in Corny Point, York Peninsula. I distinctly remember I was on the balcony and it was dark and yeah, it's nothing out there, right? Let's face it. I don't know if you've been there, but in South Australia, it's, it's literally dark, freaking yeah. remote. And I was sitting there and we were sitting at the table and I was there with my cousin and the, uh, her mum and dad. And I have no doubt what I saw wasn't something that I could explain. It was a fast like in, sit there for a while. And then was like went literally like in a straight line back, back, uh, back, and then back forward. No noise, no sound. It was dead silent, but it was fast. Like it wasn't like it, it, someone said, "Oh, it could have been a helicopter." I, you know, now I know it. What? There's no way. I, I just look at that and I think, I wish I had my fucking phone. I know, <laughs> yeah, that's a take a photo. Like zoom in. Like fuck. And 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 I look now all the time. I'm always looking in the air because you know I. I, I, the, the way the university is in yet, I don't know if you've seen that footage where someone has like, they've got the consonants or is that what it's called? Like, well, there's a heap of 
stuff together, then it keeps on coming back, 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 all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And you look at that and you think, we can't be alone here. And that's what makes things so exciting. And I I think it also makes it scary as well, to to an uh, example, if if there has been lots of knowledge of this and the public's kept... um, not with the right information. I, I think that's a sort of a, it's that's another paradigm. But on the other it hand, why do we want to know if there are other people? You know, why do we want to go? Why do we want to know? Why? So what it fascinated about, uh, fascinates me about human in general is that we just want to know. Like, you know, we are amazing. You know, I read an amazing book uh, uh, in the past month that says that in the past, you know, thousand years, the, the human race was very focused on treating big diseases, wars, and all the big things, you know. And now we're kind of nailing that in yeah. a sense. You know, there are still wars, there is still poverty, there is still diseases, but we're getting good at that. So the next big things we need to keep moving. You know, humans cannot stop. They have to keep creating, they have to keep moving, they have to keep bringing everything in the journey. So, yeah, this is the time we're going to go back out there. So they they bring people back that could be aliens, Elon Musk, <laughs> uh, that, that they don't think like anyone else. There are, there are, I mean, like Elon Musk and other people. I, I honestly think every entrepreneur, founders, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of a weird <laughs> personality. It's, it's, it's amazing humans. Like every century has got four or five humans like this yeah. that allow the entire generation, the entire human species to grow. I think it's awesome. It's, it's, I put it to the same, like I used to wakeboard, not, not that good, but compete, but not, not very good at all. But back in the day, you used to do a flip and then land it. And now the kids are doing like, then, then you saw double flip progress and then you saw double flip of with course. twist. And it's one of those things when someone pushes that boundary, it's about every boundary that ever gets pushed. And there's no doubt space definitely. It's like pu- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space pushes boundaries. So there's no doubt that that's going to be the continued thing. So you're a believer. Good. I'm, I'm not, a believer. I'm not by myself. I'm a believer. Uh, I got to, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? If you could do anything for me, I'd be a Formula One driver. Oh, you would be a Formula uh, yeah, One driver. Yeah, without a doubt, I'd be Charles Leclerc for sure. I would Ferrari. probably be in a reserve in Africa working with lions and elephants. Okay. Still want to do that. That doesn't surprise me at all. So you still got plenty of time to do that. Uh, you, exactly. Probably next month. You know that the, my co-founder of Fleet is called Matt Pearson and he's got um, not a startup, not a tech startup in which he's building, he's built, okay, the biggest um, man raising, it's called Airspeeder. So it's a flying car. It's a racing flying car. Get, can we say, can, can yeah, we, you can, can, see can it. I somehow? in Adelaide. They are flew you, a good wood last are you, year. Hang on, yeah, are, yeah. You, are you fucking with me here? No. So it's like it's double double the size of this. It's massive. Yeah, it's a manned so flying racing car. So they're starting what is called the air, you know the, the airspeeder championship. So that get the cars. fuck out of so here. So you probably want to be oh, a flying car racing oh guy. Oh my god. I'm are a, you serious? For real. They went to Goodwood last year. It was awesome. At Goodwood? Yeah. How it is from I know about it's in Adelaide. Fucking flying man car. Can someone look that ah. up for me? For holy hell. Can we get to somehow? It, so can we go so in this it? Probably can I go in it? Yeah, you can go in it. It's the same street of fleet that I've got an office. <gasps> you know, I guess massive. So you probably want to be a flying car oh. racing guy, not oh a Formula my. 1. Formula 1 is old. Oh, my God. Can you follow that up for they me? Are, they want to, I think they want to do a race next year in Kur- uh, Kurupiri or I think something like that. 
Yeah. That's cool. Oh my god, this you could probably want to be there. This could be my call. Can you make sure that happens? Yeah, okay. Uh, Flavia, I'm not going to let you go on that. So I'm just, I'm just flagging. That is. So this is technology. It's cool stuff, right? Yeah, it's very cool. So, um, I guess if there was one thing, and you've talked about it a bit, but if there's one thing that you could do, aside that what you're currently doing, so something that's you're not currently doing that would have an impact on the world, what would it be? Oh, my God. So you're More ta- than what I'm doing. So you're doing, like, what you're doing, internet, uh, IoT of things, uh, connecting devices, you know, making the analytic decisions to make the world a better place. You're doing that. Easy, Old news. Easy, <laughs> easy, easy, busy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> so if there was something that if you had unlimited budget, unlimited if resource. Had, if I had a limited budget and limited resource, I'm very passionate about being uh, what we were discussing before. On changing, uh, no, on uh, transporting people on new airplanes that goes very like Adley London in one hour. And I think it's going to change the world yep. a little bit. Uh, and I think that we're going to see that. Yeah, we're going to yeah, be on that. I will do of. that if I got my money. If I had infinite money, I would so many things, you know. I don't know. You know, probably I would just have a big nap, you know, <laughs> a few weeks, <laughs> go on holiday, you know. And that's probably what I would do. And then regroup. And then regroup for that. Like, I I, I think um, that intergalactic travel, or no, no, not intergalactic, talking about where you pop out of the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, and you go down, yeah. Yeah, so is there, there's probably a term for that. Yeah, it's uh, a uh, kind prob- of go stratospheric. And yeah. Go so down, you, yeah, so basically you get out, you go out of the atmosphere, it's and then because there's no gravity. You go very fast, you go down, so it's probably a 15-minute trip. Yeah, so the longest part's getting up yep. and out. And then, because uh, uh, the, the world uh, rotates about 18 times. So pretty fast. You yeah. go, <laughs> and then you go down again. It's, so imagine it's, a world in which you can go to London for the day. Oh, don't tell my wife about this world. It's gonna be <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, don't, yeah, don't not listening. Don't worry, it. she doesn't listen to my stuff anyway, so that's fine. Um, so moving, moving along... Um, and and I guess there's there's plenty of stuff there about space and things that you've you have done, which has been revolutionary, really. And in regards to women on the front line, and y- you've really put yourself out there as a woman on the front line. You, and you have no doubts of what you're saying, and you're strong about it, and you want to encourage others. I'm from a equal opportunity, whoever it is, whether you know, male, female, colour, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's whoever's best for the role yeah, should get the role, right? Do you think that, the, that 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 can be transferred into more things that are into space? Like you speaking to a seven-year-old girl, can, do you think that your, your touch points with them are changing the lives of some of these people? I always say that every time I go to talk to a, co- like a conference or in a classroom, I hope I can change one person's life. I always say that, you know, one person per episode, yeah. <laughs> per day. <laughs> and you don't need a lot of people to change the world. You need probably 10 great people I hear. Yeah, so it's true. it's true. You know, and th- because those are the leaders and people follows and stuff like that. So I really hope I change some people's life, you know, on the way. Time will tell. Time will tell. So cartoons, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to a cartoon. Uh, did you grow up with any certain cartoons, or is there a cartoon that I'm, sticks? I'm looking at things behind uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, is, there, is there a cartoon like for me? Like now, because you're here, like you know, Jetsons was one of those things <laughs> I watched as a kid and thought, oh, 
imagine that. And and half the stuff that I saw on the Jetsons is already here now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Is, is there a cartoon that's stuck in your mind and don't like not Baby Shark or something that your kids have like entrenched no, no, your no. mind? No, when in? I was when I was young, I was uh, it, it, it was an Italian European thing. It was uh, so. <laughs> My other passion is horror stuff. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm completely mental uh, for horror things. Okay, so I, <laughs> I like all those. Same with this kid. Do you like horror stuff? <laughs> yes. It's, it's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and movies. So I had this horror, you know, comedy yeah, book yeah. that I really liked about this guy that was doing a lot of crazy stuff. I really liked all those cartoons and like, and I still, to nowadays, I look at movies, the things I like the most are End of the World and everyone, you know, dies, but some people are saved. Yep. Do you like those? I love them. And if it's a true story, like a tsunami infused, I love that. I could watch it like 10 times a day. I don't, it's weird. So space movies. Space so, movies. So let's say, can I ask, so is there a space movie that's hit home to you, and I'm happy to say some names so and tell me if you've seen everything them. that hit homes with me, for instance, at the beginning. So when I was young, I was completely mad about E.T. Okay? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. E.T. is the reason why I'm here. And you're younger than me. So. It was going to make me cry, so much emotion, and going to space, and UFO. It's really important things is there to any, me. Is there any scene you could reenact from that movie? I mean, oh, all of them. I know, I know that. I remember I was young, so yeah, I was petrified yeah. when he was landing in the, in the garden, and they need to go to the shed. That was patrifying me. I was then I was like, this is a scary thing. So I watch E.T. now and I'm like, what? what? Like, this is it. Okay. Or when it was all white in the bathroom. And <laughs> I, when I was young, I thought, that's, that's weird. Now I look at it, I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, I can't be scared. So that changed a lot for me. I like the part where he's like in the closet. Uh, and there's all the teddy bears. And it's such a good movie. That was such a good movie. But it was my first things about, you know, there's something out there and, uh, and it's cool and everything. And then I... Um, and then I started liking all those crazy stuff, like uh, that. That they probably you are not very relevant, are. like you know the Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. Or, okay, so you're you know, right, right into yeah, hardcore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or you know, I think um, Interstellar. Yeah, the stuff. But I really like. Um, I, I like them all. Okay, I'm not a Star Wars fan, for example. Or is all that because it's a bit far fetched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm uh, with you. I'm, Interstellar, I'm, Interstellar is really complex. Like you know, I'm a smart person. You know, Interstellar is the one that also you know it gets into the closet and I'm like, is it there? <laughs> it's mental. Like you know, there is like this time. Ollie, oh Ollie, he Ollie. Like that. I've watched it like five <laughs> times and I'm still <laughs> and I'm a rocket scientist by background and I'm still like. What's going on here? Like I can't, I can't understand. Like what? Oh my god! So that still drives me crazy. So but gravity? Gravity, I love it because it, it touches something that I really like. That is space debris. So I've got a couple of patents, and I'm a super nerd, and I like space debris as a problem. Uh, we talk a lot about Earth, but oh, there is space so much debris. going on. So space debris, space rubbish. Okay. So how much space rubbish is there? Heaps. So if you go on YouTube and you Google Kessler syndrome. What's it called? Kessler, K-I-S-L-E-R syndrome, a thousand years in space or something. It shows all the things that start appearing. So everything is around Earth. And it's Stop it. Is that real? Okay. Is this real? Yeah, it simulates all the satellites that are in space. So gravity touches a problem that we are living right now. 
So the fact so, that can you are you seeing I'm it? I'm looking this, yeah. So I, it's um, a, Ollie can show people. You know, it's uh, a like, it just yeah, shows. It shows so if you enter into the YouTube, it shows how many things are around Earth, and it's so many. So and things in space because of very high velocity. So if you have a little teeny tiny piece of debris, it can smash an entire satellite. Okay. So space debris, I love it. It's a good topic. So gravity touched me for that. <laughs> because so at I'm the assuming, beginning, she is there and things are hitting the space one of station. Those moments for me. That's like, that's a no-brainer. There must be heaps of space junk. It's heaps. So can you just suck it somewhere and put so it back So a lot of people are trying to, to solve ah, it, you know. It's a okay. big topic. But no okay. one wants to be responsible. Is it your debris or my debris? <laughs> Is it yours? Well, who's going to pay for it? Yeah. Who's going to okay. pay for it? So okay. here we are. Okay, once it comes down to price. So how, so how many people are sending nanotech In nanosatellites? Space. Like there's you. So the is there the, any like is there? Yeah, there is. There is uh, probably the top two are a company called Planet Inspire. They got five hundred nanosatellites in that they manage constellations. Now there are five teams that are launching comms, so communication satellites for sensors and space. But they say there are around a thousand nanosatellites that are launched every year, and it will grow up to ten thousand. So so with your space debris, yeah. Uh, how long it does a so an, a, a large satellite? So the the thing is that What's a very large satellite yeah. stays there for fifty years, but it's so high in the atmosphere that what they've done so far is is at the end of its lifetime, they kick it out, not oh. in. So they kick it in the in. So it's in just the end. Be in, gone. They be gone. Okay. So they're pure rubbish, <laughs> debris, you know, waste. Now because these satellites are very close to Earth, at the end of their lifetime they get into the atmosphere again. Yeah, um, they completely burn burn yeah. like there is not even a, a little piece left so they're self-disposable so that's awesome so yeah, a big satellite 50 years this guy's five uh, years doesn't the tech not like i look at my oh phone. here we are that's uh, the point uh, that's okay. exactly uh, the okay. point you okay. get so, me okay so I, i've got my satellite um that my let's say i've got my brick phone yeah back in the 80s my dad had one funny enough and then I've got this. Soon as this is a year old, I start getting edgy because it's not, uh, you know, it's up not to date. The camera is not a good. Yeah. And it so, is so your, so the nanotech, um, nano satellites. I'm assuming are you wanna, less life. Yeah, less lifetime, and yeah. you want to uh, change the technology as fast as you can. So keep updating, keep launching, keep updating, keep launching. So you you don't so the fifty year. No, you don't want to last in fifty years. You want I could last say the fifty years. year is Vodafone. That satellite out there, that's Vodafone on the fifty year tech. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I have probably. no allegiance to Vodafone. Yeah, no, pro- <laughs> Hello, Vodafone. <laughs> Still love you. But that's the concept of these new technologies. It's like an iPhone in space. Yeah. So you know you can change things after two years, three years, five years, and keep. Innovating. So I'm JP. I've got a whole lot of supermarkets and there's a whole lot of refrigeration equipment in those supermarkets. And we do a lot of uh, trucking in between. So I send from my warehouse into our stores mm-hmm. and that's done not done by me. That's done by a third party. Yeah, so, go so, so I go, okay, I need some coverage. I go to you and say, I want to put in, do I say... Like a hundred satellites, 
No, oh, you right. come to me. You don't want to put a satellite. No, a hundred nanos. Say, so, no. no, not even nano satellites. You don't care about what is yeah. in face. You come to me and say, I want to track. Uh, I want cover this area to know all the tracks, what they are doing, yep. and why they are taking so, let's so say long. So a hundred of them. Yeah, and and I say, okay, buy a couple of boxes, put it on top of your, put a dot on top of all your supermarket. You're gonna track everything in a supermarket, outside a supermarket, and there you go. And you don't even worry about the satellites or whatever is out there. So what would that cost me? So if I was to do that for a satellite, I'm assuming that would cost me a lot of money. No, it's super cheap. So you actually, in, in Fleet's life, uh, you know, you put a, um, a little box. So you buy a box, you put yep. it on top of the supermarket. So you got one of our customer canners that is putting on top of his, all his canner store. Yep. You know, and you can connect a thousand things in uh, 10 kilometers range. And uh, you decide what you want to track. So then it tracks And it costs it you $10 in. per year per... So, so basically anyone that's listening or, or watching, actually a lot of people watch it, funny enough. Um, anyone that's listening watching, so you have the solution to track anything mm-hmm. for a ridiculously cheap price. Yeah. Like, I, In fact, when I looked at your site, it was like $15 a month or it's something. It's less than 3G, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, and you got I could just track something for the hell of it. So yeah, you can I, track I your kids. You can track Holly. <laughs> Holly, what were you doing yesterday? We saw you. You yeah. were for three yeah. hours. You're not there. Where are you getting a yeah. beer or so, something? So I thought, oh, I could just track Holly, and and it would be it cost me like fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, that's amazing. I, the the cost of that is obviously you're a volume game. We're a volume game in the supermarket industry. Exactly. You're, you're clearly a volume game. So Holly's like, so what is going to happen to my privacy? Um, uh, <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. So we. We're, we're very aware that you've, you're, we're lucky enough to have the, the, the current trends in South Australia and space being one of those. I'm very lucky to have someone like you in, 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 Aust- in South Australia, especially, specifically Adelaide. Adelaide cops a lot of shit for not being progressive and whatnot. No, it's amazing now. And when people talk about it now, it's like, you know, we have unbelievable food, unbelievable wine. We're now space, we're defence, we're, you know, we're technically setting ourselves up now for, and it's, it's sort of scary because you actually pe- a lot of people are coming to live down here. We've, yeah. Our warehouse managers moved down from the Gold Coast. He goes, oh, it's actually not bad here. And I'm going, yeah, no shit, mate. Don't tell anyone. The rea- Don't tell. The, the reality is that we, we are in a good space in regards to what's going on with some of the bigger industry. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that, it's been quite competitive in the retail market and you know i'm i'm definitely i'm not all for competition but the way audi got led into town was ridiculous it was a bit too much red carpet and it was really easy for him to which which hurt hurt a lot of retailers out there so so carfland not being in town has been a good thing for the majority of obviously the people that had jobs at carfland very disappointing but in general it's helped you know that decision is is going to bolster up what's happening in south australia and it's really good to see that you're now an Australian citizen and now super excited to be forming part of some of the most exciting things with the space agency. I noticed Mr. Trump started to talk about a space force. I know. And I, I, I've read a fair bit about that when people start wanting to organise a space force to waste lots of money, it's becoming a scary thing because they're running out of things to fight Before. against. <laughs> What do what you th- do? Do you five. think you do? You think you could be the chief commander of the space force? Uh, 
yes, anytime. You know, the Space Force, I mean, a very Star Wars-ish, so, you know, uh, it's hard to comment. What I actually believe, though, that eventually if we're going to live in Mars or Mars or on the moon, this is like 50, 100 years plan, I don't think we got any plans about that, you know. We don't know how the, lo- the laws going to be. Yeah. We don't know if a baby is going to be born there. So what one one thing that I, I've learned that no one actually owns the moon. It is a moon treaty that it says that no one owns it, no one can exploit it. So, you know, there's few activities that you can do on that, but it's not exploitation, so not resources for commercial activities. So China's got approval to look as they've obviously landed their rover. What, it's probably called something else. It's probably called... A Chinese rover. A Chinese rover is a great name, JP. Great name. Yeah, like if you were in charge of naming the rovers, it would be fantastic. Okay. But 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 China. But they they obviously have got their rover there. Uh, uh, you know, I don't hear of anyone landing there. And is it because there's like nothing there? So no, the or moon, why, why the aren't moon they? is interesting because it's uh it's, so most of the complicated things go to to in this deep space is because getting out of the atmosphere is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay. 90%, I don't know, maybe I don't but 70% of the fuel that, that needs to get out, of, just to get out of Earth. So the gravity is uh, different in the moon. So it's a better station for deep space mission. So it's going to be our st- station, literally, for us to work in deep space. Um, otherwise, it costs too much to do all those missions from, from Earth. There is not much in the moon, but there is a lot of water. Yeah. I believe that most of the things that we will learn, uh, you know. How to live underground or. It's a lot of things that we learn, but the moon is interesting because it's really hard to get out of Earth. Earth has got a very strong atmosphere, so the rockets will be very powerful. So you need to spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, to get out. <laughs> to get out. But so, once you know, you're out, it's you can fly. Yeah, Literally. so no, from more. the moon is easier, you know. So they're going to build 3D printing, rockets, and all sort of stuff, so. So that's exciting. So if you could be a space superhero, yeah, what do you think you would call yourself? <laughs> Sorry, uh, this is real. This is I, I totally just made that up. Then this I, I'm I'm, I, I'm, cur- I'm curious because I've got superhero. one more question after this. A space superhero. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so rocket, my power, rocket woman, that would yeah, be... No, yeah, no, that would be... be my easy. power, so the power that I would like to have if I was superhero, and then we find the name for the power. So what I would like to do if I was a superhero in space, I, actually, I would like... It's super bizarre. Uh, I'm, I'm up for it. You're up for it. I would like to get very, very, very close to the sun. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, like land on the sun. Like, the actually sun touch the sun. It's very hot. So well, you see, Barry, you can touch the so sun. So if I'm a superhero, I can go into the sun and understand what is going on, I will be... Like, re-energized? Yeah, something like that, you know, and I can bring... Like, earthing? Yeah, something like that. This is a modern-day earthing? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I have never... No yeah, one's ever yeah. talked about being, like, on the sun. It fascinates me when I see all the explosions yeah, that come. So it's not solar. really a planet. It's a... It's a, it's a Full of explosions. They're solar of flares. Yeah, I love it. So I would like to be a solar flare woman. Okay, done. Solar flare woman. What and do you the, think? the thing that blows me away with the, the sun is if the sun like disappeared. We'll be all be dead. How long would it take us? One second. 
Oh, I, th- t- I thought it was like that many light years away. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, not yeah. so far. Oh. It's not so far as you think. You know? Ah, okay. But I love, you know, the other day I was playing with my daughter and we were doing a game. Would you prefer a word, um, if you have to choose, a word without music or without color? With a rain okay. or with a sun. Oh, that's a good game. And I'm like, would you prefer a word with a sun or with a rain? And she's like, with a rain. And I'm like, mm, the word will die soon with yeah. a rain. She's you like, with that. a sun. Mm. So she's like, uh, kind of for her to understand everything is yeah, needed. That's a good. You know? So a good would game. you prefer a world with, with JP or without JP? With JP. <laughs> okay, with JP. Without you, all the supermarket will be full of plastic in the next 20 years. I will be in trouble. All okay. right, you hit me up for that. And there is one question that we do ask everyone that we've had. And if you were to die, heaven forbid, and you came back as a board game. As a board game. What would that board game be called? I can tell you mine. My God, what, why do I have to die to uh, be called a board so, game? So it's a commemorative thing. Right? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so I'd I'd come back as Scrabble because you never know what you're going to get, and sometimes what I say is very useful, and sometimes what I say is not. Totally useful. Yeah, useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be Risk. Is that a game? Yeah. Risk. Risk is the one that you conquer the the. <laughs> you know risk. No, he oh, does. Come on, what All did you does. do in? What you, so risk is the one that you got a map of the world and you need to move it with your track. Now what's the name? Yeah, you need I to got conquer it. the I, other I thing. Got it. I got if it. you don't know it, buy because it's awesome. I got it. Okay. I spent all my childhood playing this game, and I love it because you need to have technique. So when I was playing that game, so you have all the continent. They give you cards. You put your troop. And you need to move and conquer the world. And the best way to conquer the world is to conquer Australia first. Because Australia, you protect all Asia and you enter through America and you conquer all America and then South America and the world is yours. So <laughs> all my childhood, I was like, get Australia, you know, get Australia first. And then you conquer the world. And it's happening because uh, I'm getting Australia first and then I'm going to conquer the world. Jumping from Asia, entering from North America. Yeah, um, it's going to be great. And I think the name is pretty apparent for what you're doing. It's risk. Uh, you have plenty of risk. Uh, Flavia, thank you for coming Thanks here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've had a pleasure. You've been a blast. You've been exactly how you are every single time I've spoken to you. So nothing has changed at all. We wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to seeing what you do with them regards to space and seeing things being launched here in South Australia. That would be a great thing. I'm so looking forward to going for a, a fly in this car that you're going to hook up. <laughs> and um, more importantly, it's really great to see you succeeding and, and, and excelling and killing it in South Australia and Adelaide. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao.